Excellent. Yep. yep. We got there. Oh, fantastic. Okay, awesome. cool. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been another episode of Ready Go. And uh, it's been great. Having, <laughs> it's been really great having you on. I've learned a lot. And uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Ready Go. I am Anthony, and I'm here with Jana. Being an artist could be really exciting. It could also be kind of a scary and lonely career. So we want to bring you some conversations where we talk to other artists and just hear their story and share knowledge. So yeah, Adam, don't say anything until I until I introduce you properly. Okay. <clears throat> okay. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Ready Go. Today, we have on a guest who... Personally, I'm very excited to talk to. I've been trying to talk to him for years now, and he never wanted to talk to me over the phone. <laughs> no, that's not true. No, I have been following you for a very long time. You're one of the first people that I started following when I got onto Instagram, just, you know, trying to look for other artists and, and uh, people that I respected what they were doing. And I just gravitated towards his work. It was dark and creepy, which I was very into at the time. Like that's that was kind of where where I lived in general. Um, I was in a progressive rock band, so that's kind of the aesthetic of that sort of music too. It's that dark, creepy feel, which I loved. But yeah, just really respect his work. I think it's awesome. It has such a mood and such a feel that I just love, and I think it's so cool. So welcome to the podcast. Adam Riches. I don't know if I'm saying your last name right, but let's clap and Fine, welcome. Yeah. yeah, as far as I'm aware, that's, yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah. All right. Well, Riches, it is. Welcome to the podcast. Seriously, it's so nice to have you. Thank you. It's nice to be invited on. Thank you very much. This is something new that I want to try. I'm just curious where people are at because, uh, you know, aesthetically, we're all at a different place in different times. So I'm curious, what is your favorite painting of yours right now? Uh, yeah, Thought Spiral. It's from a it's a painting that I made from a draw. I made a drawing last year, and I thought I had an idea of how it might work as a painting. And I recently just decided to do it. And I've kind of been looking back at a few of my drawings and have had. I, I think that I, I couldn't quite work out how some of them could be translated into paintings. I wasn't a hundred percent, you know, confident in how I was going to do it. But that, there was something about that. I wanted to create like a kind of um I wanted to, to try and create something that looked uh, three-dimensional in the painting and let, let the spiral obviously lends itself really well to that. And I'm um, trying to look at other ways to make other other drawings in a similar fashion. I'm I'm working on another one as well from a from another drawing. But yeah, that one I, I, that's a one that I'm that I've just finished and I'm kind of happy with the way it went. So is that something typical for you or is this a newer thing that you're trying? And for anybody who is not familiar with his work, please go to his Instagram right now and go look at it. So you also know what we're talking about. But is it typical for you to turn one of your like pen drawings into paintings or do they not really have anything to do with each other typically? Not really. I have I have made drawings of the same subject and made a paint and made paintings of them, but to, with that, with that one, there was just something about that particular drawing that I, I thought would lend itself well to something I wanted to try. Try, like I said, with the three-dimensional element to try and create the illusion of some kind of three-dimensional dimensionality. Close enough. So, so it's a relatively, um, relatively new 
uh, thing that I'm trying to do. But yeah, I'm starting to look at others now and seeing how I can um, other drawings uh, that I've done that uh, see if that I, if I can um, make paintings of them in a, in a similar with a similar feel to them. All right, let's let's back up a second. Where does this all come from? Like you have a very you have a certain aesthetic. It's very dark and creepy, like I said, or at least that's how I see it. Where does this do you know where this comes from yet? I feel like that's a thing for artists, like understanding why we're getting out the things that we're getting out. Uh, have you tapped into that? I don't think I intentionally set out to make stuff that's dark, but uh, I don't I don't I, it doesn't it just kind it kind of comes out that way. It's not it's not like a conscious decision to to try and be dark, but I guess it probably you know if I'm honest, it probably is. You know, looking back at some of it, it's a, I think, well, yeah, that is some of it's a little troubling, but like, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like a conscious decision to make uh, stuff that's dark necessarily. It's just yeah, that's just the maybe this yeah, it's just the the way that it sort of comes out really. It seems to me like there's more of an internal internal human struggle instead of an external uh, facade. Uh, yeah, quite, quite possibly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, quite probably. I mean, I guess everyone has internal human struggle. I guess everyone does, don't they? But, I, but I'm, not everyone has an outlet for that or has a way that those struggles, um, uh, that they can express them creatively, I guess so. Yeah, maybe I'm fortunate to be able to do that, to have a way to, um, yeah. Well, I guess everyone has a, a way that they get out, hopefully get out what's what they've got inside them. And, yeah, I suppose we're, we're fortunate as people that make work to be able to do that, or, you know, make paintings or, or creatives to have a, to have a, a sort of out, an outlet for that. Yeah, because I, I totally get that feeling that, you don't mean for it to come out that way. It just comes out that way. But I guess there's something, there's like a cool side of being an artist to me where we also have the time to start thinking and reflecting on, well, why is it coming out this way? You know, I don't mean to yeah. put you on the spot either. This is like a new thing for me too, uh, as in the last couple of years, just like really thinking about, you know, I don't mean for things to come out this way, but now that they are and I'm in it and I'm going to be painting for a couple hours anyway, why is it coming out this way? Do you ever think about that? I don't think any any of it is by accident, is it? There's something of you. There's something of you. Otherwise, you just wouldn't do it, would you? There must be you have a you have a reason for doing it, even if you can't necessarily um, articulate it and right. um, and let and uh, explain it in an exact like this. I, this is why I did this, and this is why you know you did. If it, it, it came from you, that you did it for a reason. Well, one of the things that's interesting about making, uh, about painting and being creative is like, you know, this this is not knowing what's going to, going to come out, you know, not knowing, like letting the painting kind of, um, or whatever it is you're doing, sort of um, reveal itself to you. So it's like, you're, you're doing, you're making it, you're in, involved in the process. But some, I feel when I paint a, a certain type, certain types of paintings and drawings that they're, uh, they're kind of showing themselves to me, like they're uh, revealing themselves to me and it's it's coming out of the process and uh, so yeah, it's some kind of an element of um, I guess it, I don't want to say self-revelation revelation maybe, like you know you're revealing something about yourself to yourself through that uh, process 
Yeah, I think that's one of the coolest parts. I was actually just talking to another artist friend of mine, and we were saying the same thing, how like once you're finished with something, you almost look at it as if it it's not yours. You know, like there's been yeah, so yeah. many times where you 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 finally get to the the end product. You didn't you might have gone into it with some idea of maybe what you wanted or or what you wanted to do. But once you finish it, it's just like it's just another thing that exists in the universe. So then you're able to look at it as if, yeah, you didn't even do it, which is such a cool part of being an artist, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I find that if you've ever written anything, like written an essay or something like that, and you go back and or, or anything that you've written and you even messages on WhatsApp and you look at a message that you wrote five years ago and I think, I don't, I don't even feel like I'm reading what somebody else is. It doesn't feel like I've written that. Like I don't remember that. You know, it's sort of a, when you put some time between yourself and whatever you've, whatever you've done, you look back at old drawings or, or whatever it is, paintings, you think, oh, why did I, you know, did I do that? It's like, it's somebody, it's like somebody else uh, yeah, like you were, um, like you're observing it. That's interesting that you're, you're making a connection to conversations and what you say, because I've never really thought of it that way. But it, sorry, this goes back to something you also were saying before. So I'll, I'll connect it in a second. But when you're talking, you're not, you're not forcing things. Usually when you're talking in a conversation, you're kind of in a flow and you're just making up words as you're talking and you're not really thinking about what you're doing. You're just in the flow of it. And I think that's interesting because you were saying before, and this is something that John and I have talked about before, the idea that when you're working on a piece, you might not know where it's going, but you have to let it take you where it wants to go. And that's also kind of being in a flow of that conversation. Cause I find for myself, anytime I'm trying to force a piece to be something that it's not pulling me to be, it's always way worse as opposed to like, if you feel it pulling you in a direction, kind of exploring that and following that. Uh, I'd love to hear you talk about more or that more. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's, uh, I think a big part of being able to do that is being uh, uninhibited. I think mm -hmm. like, if you're, if, when you just lose yourself in whatever you're doing, like with, uh, with, like with the conversation, if you feel that you're in a formal setting, I don't know, an interview or something like that, you, you're thinking about what you're saying or might, might, might tend to think about what you're saying more because you feel the pressure of, I don't know, if you're trying to, uh, for a job or whatever, whatever it might be. But I guess mm -hmm. when when you're just completely uninhibited, you know, you're in good uh, company, you're in a familiar company, you just it, you just like you said, it, the conversation just flows. And the same with um, making pet, uh, artwork. I think if you're if you're in an uninhibited state and you just lose yourself in the in the process, listen to music or whatever you do. That's how, that's what I do. I put music on and I just when when I when I kind of forget what I'm doing and get lost lost in what I'm doing, that's when things are usually the most interesting for me. But when I'm, yeah, creatively. Yeah. What kind of music do you have on? <laughs> oh, all kinds. I mean, I, I listen to lots of old, like old, like punk music. Uh, new, I'm a little bit stuck in the past, really, to be honest with music. I'm a little, <laughs> uh, I feel a little bit embarrassed, really, because I don't, when people talk about certain uh, groups and, you know, uh, contemporary music, and I have no, no idea what they're talking about a lot of the time. I've kind of, yeah, a little bit uh behind in that regard but i, th I think what well, you know everyone you know you like what you like don't you i guess and mm -hmm. i'm assuming you weren't listening to 21 savage when you made that that painting that you liked i have no idea who that is <laughs> not, not even a clue no, i, I love that i love that no, I um 
It's embarrassing. No, it's fine. You like what you like. I love this analogy. I've never thought about it in a conversation. We've talked. We've talked about painting is kind of a conversation, but I've never made this analogy or never heard this analogy that like, yeah, getting into the flow of it and forcing it is exactly like, yeah, the difference between talking to a close friend of yours and the difference between feeling like you're being interviewed or like you're kind of watching what you're saying. It's always going to be worse. I love that. I think being, when, you, when you're trying to be creative and you're letting the, if you're making a certain kind of work uh, when you're, you don't know what the finished result is, is going to be, then being uninhibited, is, I, I find, is really in, important for that. I mean, there's different, like, for example, the thought spiral painting that I made. I had a set out. I knew that I wanted it to look like the drawing or be some connection to that drawing, but within that, I still... I had a framework that, okay, it's going to look like that. I want it to look like that. And I had an idea, but I, I still let uh, sort of happy accidents happen within that. And I still let elements of the process dictate how the, the finished painting came out. So it was an element of, uh, there's a little bit more structure, but it was an element of uh, serendipity to the process still, which keeps it exciting for me. I mean, it, uh, I used to make photorealistic drawings and, and you kind of know how they're going to end up. You know that's the uh, the the idea of it, and it although I really enjoyed it, but it was uh, it, yeah, it just becomes a little bit you know obviously it's predictable and it can yeah sort of not not the creative process that I really want to get lost into you know. I'm genuinely curious on if there are any ways that you get into that flow quicker, or as an artist, can you learn to get into that flow quicker? You know, because like I think everybody everybody gets in their in their head sometimes, you know, especially like you're saying, there are certain types of pieces or certain work that like, it's easier to feel uninhibited or more inhibited. So yeah, do you have any, any tips on how to get how to get into that flow quicker or things that you've learned that help? I, I find if I've got things that I'm worried about or things that I need to be doing um, that, are, that are bugging me, then that, that will inhibit my, because I can't quite, quite easily distracted and my mind wanders and if i'm not in the if i'm my mind is on something else and i'm worried or i'm worried about something or whatever it may be uh, it's just not going to happen for me and i'll just uh, yeah so I, I try and take care of the things that i need to that are going to inhibit me in that in that way and then um and remove distractions that's what i think maybe the music not only do i get uh lost in the music or enjoy the music but I find that that's probably a way to shut out distractions a little bit or a podcast. I listen to podcasts as well. I, I do, I do that. You know, sometimes music can be a little, it'd be overwhelming a little bit. Sometimes music, I find it's kind of emotional, but then it can, um, bit maybe too emotional. I get too, maybe a little bit too emotional. Sometimes I listen to music. So sometimes a podcast and I think it's just something to sort of, uh, drown out the, uh, external distractions and just something to, get lost into so yeah i would say yeah i think yeah that, that's there that, that's the big one i think like removing distractions I, I would i would say and you know be content content in your space and um, and sometimes you can't predict that you wake up in the morning some days and you're just in the mood and it just comes you know you're just in that sort of flow and it just all happens in other days you know it just things aren't happening but i always try and um like, i always try and make sure that i'm um, I'm trying to, uh, you know, I'll all, I, I come to my, into my studio most days, 
So I'm sort of, um, it some days nothing happens and it's just frustrating and it's disappointing or whatever. And I'm sure that happens to everyone. It just doesn't, you know, things just don't <laughs> go the way you want them to go. And then other days it just, it just happens. And um, yeah, I mean, if I think if I could create that situation every day, I mean, if there was a formula for that and I knew, I mean, that would be fantastic. But yeah, unfortunately, I haven't discovered that yet. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't think any of us have. I just wonder no. if there are certain things that we could be doing to get there quicker. You know, like almost certainly. I just don't know. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. Uh, I, I did buy a book. Um, is it the the um, uh, the uh, the art of not the, the art of war, the war, war of art? Yeah, war of art. Steve Pressfield. Is it? Yeah, I bought yeah. that. And the the irony of that is that. Um, I'm, I'm, I procrastinate so much that I haven't, um, or just get so distracted that I can't actually read the, the read the book. I've got it, and the book is about. I own that book, yeah. Yeah, you get. Yeah, I've got it. I have got it. And I've Wait, did it. so neither of you read it yet? No, I've read it twice. Oh, you did. Okay, okay. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah, I was actually thinking. I was actually thinking about getting it. Is it good? Is it worth getting? Yeah, yeah. My favorite part, what he talks about, is the resistance. And it's almost like if anybody who games or does, you know, likes these epic movies about, you know, you have this, you know, the hero's journey of you have to have this resistance that shows up and you have this guide and a hero of the journey. And you're almost battling all of that when you're painting. So the resistance is any excuse to procrastinate anything that comes up, that's a resistance. And if you look at it as this adversary, you're just like, okay, I have my, I have my gear to fight this adversary. <laughs> and so it kind of puts you, uh, pushes you through the resistance or so, oh, nice. okay, I won for the day, the resistance. So I, I was able to get into this flow of work, whatever yeah, the yeah. creative work is. Yeah. So it's, it's, I like that. I like that idea because it sometimes helps me like, man, I'm totally procrastinating right now. That's resistance showing up. <laughs> How could yeah, I yeah. overcome that? Yeah. Yeah, I think I heard about it on a podcast and I thought, right, I'm going to get that book because I need that book. And I, it, it's, it, if I remember, it's just like a small passage on each page. Yes. It's not like a long, a dense book. It's kind of, yeah. and it's pretty easy to, I mean, if you can't read that book, then you get, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very quick read, yeah. Oh, okay, because yeah, I, I, was, I was thinking about getting the audio version of it. So maybe I'll just get the regular be, version. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah, that's the way yeah. forward. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll just be like a minute and a half, which I, that I could listen to. All right, before we go any further, if you've made it this far, comment below. We want to hear what you think. We want to hear which artists you want on here. Uh, share, rate the podcast. It really helps. Press the like button. You don't have to smash it. Go up to it slowly and just tickle it. That's it. That's all you have to do. Do you find it challenging running a studio practice, like the business side of being an artist versus an artist? What's your percentage of time? Like, I'm always I'm curious about full-time artists, how did they navigate that? Because it's such a necessary thing and most artists don't like doing it. They just want to create 100% of the time. I think imposing that kind of structure on myself is quite, I find that quite difficult. But like you said, I think a lot of artists and creatives do find that part of it difficult. But um, yeah, I kind of kind of have to and, and, and I'm having, I, I am having to do that more now. So I'm, um, I'm getting there. I'm learning about that. But yeah, so it doesn't come naturally to me and it's relatively new so um, to me. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't dedicate a certain amount of time. I just do things as and when I need to do, need to do them. But um, yeah, I probably should be a little bit more structured with that stuff. But 
Yeah. Like you say, you just, we kind of want to just be creative and make the work, but you know, you need a balance of that. Otherwise, uh, unless you're really lucky, you're going to, um, yeah, you need to, you need to uh, balance those, those, uh, those things. Yeah. That always seemed like such a hard thing for artists to balance the business side or, or grow the business side or just get more into it. Uh, yeah. I feel like unless you can find like the creative angle on the business side, it is very hard to get into. I struggle with the same thing. Yeah. I think that's a, a problem across the board for creators, isn't it? Um, mm. I, I, I did, I did a, a webinar thing recently, actually, and it was about marketing. It was specifically about print, but I guess it applies to, to, to your work. It can apply to your work in general. And I find it really interesting. And like I say, it's not something that comes naturally to me, but I, I found it. I learned quite a bit from it. So I'm, you know, hope, hoping to sort of, uh, um, follow those, some of use some of the stuff I learned from that. And it was it was really uh, beneficial. But it's just putting yourself in a position where you actually listen, think, right? Okay, I need to learn about this and do that. And then that requires some uh, self discipline and putting yourself, uh, giving some kind of structure to to what you're doing. And it, 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 I've always find my mind drifts towards, oh, I can do that layer. I can, you know, I can mm-hmm. paint or do this. And but I think, yeah, you need to be have a little bit of self-discipline in that regard because yeah, it's got to be done. So just, just out of curiosity, if you want to share, uh, what was something you learned from that webinar about, you said it was about like marketing. What did I learn? I learned one of the things that I learned is um, people buy into the, into you more than, or not or as much, if not you, if not, they buy into you as much as they do the art, if not more. Mm-hmm. They buy the art, or you know, people get invested in the in you in you more than the art, and that doesn't really come naturally to me to speak. You know, that's not it's not a skill that I possess to speak publicly and to um to do to do stuff like this. But I've done a, I've done a couple of podcasts now, and you know, it's kind of they're all right. You know, it's not not so bad. You know, like anything, you kind of have to do the things that you don't want to do, don't you? And you get better at them the more you do them. So it's just a case of putting yourself in that awkward, you know, those difficult positions. So, yeah, that would be something that I'd, um, yeah, to be a little bit more visible probably as a, rather than just just your work. But, yeah, so it doesn't come, it doesn't come naturally to me. So, yeah, I mean, in, in, the, in the beginning, I was joking that you didn't want to talk to me, but I think I was sensing the reason was that you didn't want to put yourself out there more. Um, yeah. It's something that we like that, that goes back to what you're saying, how it's the idea of telling the story and getting your story out there is almost as important, if not maybe more important than the work itself in some ways, because then people know where it comes from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's uh, something I definitely learned from that. And uh, I, I kind of knew, I, I mean, I'd heard of that before, but now I'm kind of really, realizing just how important that is but i think you know talking about uh, i I can talk about other people's uh but when you're talking about i don't know if i'm a little self-conscious about talking about myself and you know and it doesn't come naturally to me but i guess it's one of those things you uh yeah you have to suck it up and get on with it don't you i guess yes i guess okay this is something that i struggle with and I'm, i'm i would love to know both of your opinions on this I go back and forth because there is a part of me that I love the idea of getting your story out and being out there and being able to talk about your stuff. Right. And it seems like in this day and age with Instagram and social media, like you sort of have to do that to stay, not to stay relevant, but like to get out there and like connect with people. I do love the idea. Even doing this podcast, I love the idea of like connecting with people. 
But then I don't know if this is more of an old school mentality, but most musicians and most bands that I love or that I grew up with, and maybe because maybe I feel this way because a lot of them were from the 90s and like you don't get their story as much. But most artists that I love is they are like this kind of hidden thing, like Radiohead or Tool, like you never saw anything about them. And there was yeah, something yeah. about that that I was like, wow, I'm just getting their artwork and I could put so much meaning to it. And I could just like think of what these characters are like behind the scenes because I never see them. And then, you know, you start seeing like Maynard from Tool talking and you're like, oh, he's actually not that yeah. awesome. Like there, there's something <laughs> kind of lame about him, you know? So like there is some some part of the mystique that kind of gets lost. I, I don't know if you just have to tailor your message in a different way, but like the mystique gets lost. And I go back and forth because I, I love that. Like I love putting stuff out there and just not being in front of the camera all the time. And people are just like, wow, what weird creature made this thing? You know, so like. What do you guys think about that? The idea of like finding a balance between getting your story and being in front of people, but also keeping some some kind of mystique if you want, you know? Yeah, I, I think that that's probably, you just probably hit the nail on the head that there's probably you need a balance of maybe you don't want to give too much away to keep that mystique and then maybe enough for people to kind of see who you are. But like, yeah, I mean, it's, I think what you, what you said is like in the 90s, or you didn't know much about the bands and stuff. And I think that's probably we just have so much information now, don't we? We just have we we can find you know you can find out how many you know where, where somebody a you know, favorite musician lives if you really well have what sugars they have in their tea or whatever. Like you can find out everything, and there's no kind of um, there's no mystery behind that. You know that you just know everything about them. And yeah, I think there is something that's interesting when you don't know every last detail about somebody's private life and who they are and it, there's a sort of a you were so it, it, you uh you you're the, yeah there's a, there's a yeah I, I think that there is a something about that but I think people just expect like with with musicians and actors and they just want to know everything about them don't they yeah. speak this business just to know about just to know about their private lives and there's, that's people make a fortune out of it I guess don't they magazines and tv shows and all that stuff and, and that's how they keep, keep themselves in the uh, you know scene and yeah I guess and, so yeah, people just expect it now, don't they? I suppose maybe it's maybe it's going to be that you know, it, it, that's why people want to know about who's creating the uh, artworks and uh, you know paintings, and maybe it's the same. Maybe it's just the world, the way the world is now. Yeah, and I also think that because we have a language about uh, psychology, that people you know they read so much about psychology that they almost want to psychoanalyze the artist or the creator to understand their artwork a little bit better. So I think it comes from a genuine perspective. At the same time, I completely agree. I do like to have a little bit of a mystique that um, like, or just, you know, remain a little riddle for people so they can't really, you're not so open and easily to decipher. There's something interesting about that too. And keeping things private is interesting too. Like when you watch like magic tricks on TV, you know, like the magic shows and stuff like now you can go on a YouTube and you can see how they're all done. And it's like, I, I kind of don't want to know that stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. It's curious, but like some of that stuff should just be left to, mm -hmm. you know, some, you know, there should be some magic left, you know, I don't want to know everything. Yeah. You don't need to know everything. Yeah. For magic sure, is sure. magic is dead. It's the end. 
we've I mean, yeah. we've reached the end. We have AI. <laughs> Magic is dead. We know everything about artists we love, and now we hate them. And <laughs> and that's it. I mean, really, right? It's the end of the world. Not to sound so negative, but um, yeah, no, I think there was something to letting your brain fill in the gaps. You know, like yeah. Yeah, why do we have to psychoanalyze everybody? Well, we don't need to know everything. Like, especially for for artists, I, I'm specifically talking about like we're getting their art, and that's a, that should be enough in some ways. You know, like you see what it is, put your own meaning to it, and then build the character behind that. I think there's something cool about that. You know, like like Adam, it's 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 like your stuff. Like you don't know why it comes out in this dark kind of moody way, and you don't need to know why, but the audience gets to see it, and they could they could build the character behind the why, you know, there's almost something cool that they're building the why instead of you telling them the why it's, it's more powerful. And in some ways it's more powerful. Well, uh, have you ever had a song uh, or heard a song that's where you, you really mean something, really means something to you. And, and then you find out why that person wrote that song. And then it's just like, that killed, it kills yep. you. It, yeah. You now know that that didn't mean anything or not. Yep. It, it, it changes the meaning for, for how you feel when you listen to the song, yes. because you know that's not what they were talking about. It's complete, completely yeah. something utterly different. And uh, yeah, yeah I just, just rather not know about some things. Yeah, that's why. In in some ways, I'll uh, if I'm if I'm doing work for somebody or if I'm showing something in front of somebody, somebody, they'll ask me what it means, and I'll always ask them the question first. Like I, I'm so much more curious to, to know what they think it means before I tell them the meaning, you know, because sometimes they come up with stuff that I'm not even thinking about. And it's way more awesome than what I was thinking, you know, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually. Um, actually, uh, it's funny you say that because I, um, I was speaking to somebody uh, the other day who, who has a, a book and she, uh, she included some of my, um, some she collect a collection of different artists and uh, writers and po poetry, and she put it together in a book. And I was lucky enough to have my, one of my paintings on the front cover. Oh, awesome! And she and she, yeah, and it's of a chimpanzee. And I, when I, I made some chimpanzee paintings a, a, a couple of years ago, and and when I was making them, I was thinking about um, about how uh, tribalism and how how humans uh, uh, end up d uh, dividing into tribes and how similar to how chimpanzees do and but she saw this um, the way she read that painting that particular painting the chimpanzee it looks like it's leaning away from the from the viewer and she the way she interpreted it was the way that um, nature is um, uh, distrustful of humans now and it's like moving away and I'd never contemplated that idea but that's how she read that particular painting and it was really interesting to hear her say that and then I looked at it now now when I look at it I was like oh yeah it's conceived but yeah she put her out that you know that had that and I felt I, I, I yeah I, I I mean I don't know if it matters if my intentions would would were, were different when I made it because she's still you know she still had got that that means something to her, you know, this, but how she feels about nature. She's seeing that that's kind of reflecting back how she feels rather than what I necessarily, the reason that I made the painting. Yeah. It's interesting. I guess it depends on, Hmm. This is a problem that I have. Cause I go back and forth. Shauna knows this about me that like whatever somebody's saying, I'm just already thinking, trying to think the opposite. Cause I do agree with that. I don't think it's important that she knows what you were thinking when you made it. It's important her meaning that she's getting from it uh because then for her like how much would that suck if you were just like oh i just like chimpanzees 
Like there, there is no meaning, but like that could ruin the whole thing for her, possibly. Oh, I, do, but, I do like you. I do. They look cool. No, I believe. I believe it. But then there, are, okay. So then there are other. I guess there are other types of art that you do want the audience to know your meaning if you're trying to get out a specific yes. message, which I think yeah, yeah. is just a different type of thing. You know. Yeah. Possibly. I mean, it, what, yeah, that specific. I mean, I did a, a several paintings, and that, and that that was what I was thinking of thinking about when I made like the, all of those paint, paintings around that time. It wasn't like that specific painting was trying to say that. So you know. But yeah, it was interesting how how she saw it, and it was obviously a reflection of how she she felt about what was going on with uh, you know nature and the environment and uh, the way it's in, like we were interacting with it. So I thought, I thought I thought it was interesting, and I'm not like I say I've not considered that. And how cool is that for you to hear somebody's interpretation of something, and now you have you just have an extra thing to think about, you know, and that could inspire a future work possibly. That's why I think yeah, it's yeah, cool yeah. to not always put the meaning out there before before you hear its interpretation because that's why we're yeah, doing yeah. what we're doing you're putting stuff out there so that we can get something out but then you also want to think okay what's the feedback to this thing like am i right about what i'm putting out because in in a lot of ways like we're kind of mirrors for society we're taking certain information in we're observers and then we're sort of holding it back up to society for them to be like you're right about this you know in some way or you're wrong about this. You know, we're looking yeah, for yeah. feedback. Um, okay, so Adam, I was looking at your CV and I was genuinely like just so surprised, pleasantly surprised that you had a museum show in Krasnoyarsk, Siberia. That's where I was born. And I oh, was wow. like, how random, like what? <laughs> yeah, and in 2020, and then you had another uh, Siberian uh, show from us. Um, from 2021 how did that come about it's just the most random thing <laughs> yeah um it, it, it was actually uh the siberian i want to say siberian art click i follow them on instagram and they follow follow me but they bought i want to say a print and a drawing and they put them in a couple of group shows so yeah unfortunately i was i wasn't didn't get to go to siberia to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to see the um, to see the um, exhibition, but yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I was really that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's was amazing. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it, yeah. It was uh, yeah. I've nowhere they kind of contacted me, and so yeah, it's quite. It's yeah, yeah. It's really nice to um, would have been nice to go and see it, but hell yeah, well, it, it, oh, yeah. I mean, so bit yeah. So oh, that's where you're from. Yeah. So oh, wow. I didn't. I didn't know. Um, I was going to ask you if you visited, but you already answered that, that you, no, you haven't been there personally. Very cold, isn't it? Siberia? Uh, during winter, bit, yeah. In the, in the summer, it gets up to 110. Really? Uh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It has it all minus four seasons. 16. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> no, it has all four seasons, but they're a little bit uh, shorter. Okay. So the winter is winter. It's a serious winter. <laughs> The, but the summer, it's four months, maybe three and a half months. Um, but yeah, it gets really hot. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't know that. They just think it's like a tundra, like a snowy tundra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't really usually associate Siberia with sunbathing, do you? It's not the, no. first, not, the first, no. not the first image that comes to mind when you think of Siberia. Yeah. When, when you said the seasons were short, I was imagining that it's just like one day of 110 and then one day of spring <laughs> and then the rest is winter. I mean, we do bathe in the, in the um, ponds in of like, 
in no no we you bathe naked in the winter you go to the banya and then you get really really hot and then you go buck naked into the water into the icy water oh, in the yeah, snow. I, yeah even I, as kids yeah you get rubbed oh with the snow god. it helps you not to get cold <laughs> oh my god you guys are so badass that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's nuts. it's hardcore yeah <laughs> But it sounds it, yeah. Oh my god! I mean, I'm curious how you got started with art. Have you always, you know, been inclined to art, or have you started when you were a child, or was it something that came later to you? Uh, yeah, I started when I was a child. I guess, like, I guess most kids draw. It's, you know, you do art and stuff at school. But um, yeah, I was, I, I, I always thought I, I was all kind of because I was kind of all right at it, and people thought I was pretty good at it. I think it's probably something that I wanted to continue, but I remember drawing with my dad when I was a kid, and I used to draw images out of history books and stuff. I have a kind of early memory of that. And then, um, yeah, something I always really liked to do, but uh, I kind of, as you get a little older and that you're kind of pushed away from that, it's not seen uh, or it wasn't for me, wasn't seen as something that you should be pushed towards as a career. So I kind of lost it, really. But, you know, I, I doodled. I used to doodle a lot, and um, I think I think in a, when I was about twenty. I want to say in my mid twenties, mid to late, yeah, mid twenties. I would say I kind of um, I think somebody asked me to do a drawing for them, like a, because they they seen that I'd drawn something. They said, "Oh, that's pretty good. Like, will you draw something for me?" And, and I, I did a drawing for them, and then I kind of, and then I um, I started to look. I think that's probably when the, you know there was a uh, internet and. Uh, I started to look at there was a that Deviant Art, you know, Deviant Art uh, website, um, and I started to see these photorealistic uh, drawings, and and I thought, Jesus, this is incredible! How like this is fantastic! I've never seen anything like that really, and I thought, I want, I want to learn how to do that. I want to know how to do that. So I started to sort of learn, and you know, you got YouTube and stuff like that, and people do like tutorials on the techniques. And I really got into it, and I was like, I know they weren't great at the beginning; they were okay, but and they started to get better and better. And I thought, I thought I really, you know, I really like this, and I'd share them online. And then some of the people that were um, that who I'd really liked what they did, they were coming back to me and saying, "Oh, this is great!" And then that gave me a little bit of like, "Oh, this is great!" Like I've been looking at this person and thinking they're great, and they said they like what I do. So I think that gave me like a little bit of confidence, and then that kind of snowballed a little bit to the point where I thought, okay, I'm not particularly happy in what I'm, you know, you know, I think I probably need to do something creative. I think being, not being, uh, by finding creativity again, it made me realize that I needed it. And that's kind of felt like what was missing in my life. Um, so I ended up deciding eventually to go to university and do a BA, a, a, like a fine art degree. Um, when I was 30, I'm 39 now, and um, yeah, then it was just, then it then it, it just well going to do that uh, BA. I kind of started to move away from the photo realistic stuff and um, started to you know, explore, uh, discover new like new artists and stuff that I hadn't really not really paid much attention to that stuff. But it's not something that I, that I was that interested. I mean, when I was a kid, we used to do stuff about you know uh, like you know classical you know Giacometti and Picasso and all these things Rembrandt Van Gogh and 
that kind of stuff. But I started to rediscover all that stuff and then some contemporary artists. And I, I think I did, it just kind of started from there, really. And then, yeah, I did the fine art degree. That was three years and I learned. And I think things start, I let, let, learned to let go and to um, use some of the skills that I'd probably learn. I was, yeah, I started to use some of the skills that I'd learned doing the photorealistic stuff. And I started to, I could apply those to making like looser looser works and it gradually became looser and looser and then it kind of things developed in that way really into yeah and i just kind of carried on from there really and started to sell work when i when i left university in 2016 and it's just kind of yeah just gradually putting stuff online somebody suggested to me that i should put my stuff on instagram and i, I didn't have instagram um I don't really have that. I, I didn't think it was, I didn't really pay much attention to that sort of thing, if I'm honest. And somebody said, you should put your stuff on there. And then, you know, people sort of reacted positively to it. And then I think, again, that gives you some kind of enthusiasm. And, you know, and I never even considered selling it. I just thought, I didn't even think about selling, which is silly, really, because if you want to make money <laughs> yeah. as an artist, you probably need to sell it. And then I just I hadn't even considered considered that, and then um, then I started to like mention that you know if you want to buy the stuff you can you can buy it, and then people wanted to buy it, and then it just kind of went from there and started working with an agent, and and yeah, it just kind of gone from there really. Do you remember the first piece you sold? Yeah, I do. I, I remember. Um, I remember met well the the first. One that really sticks out in my head is an oil painting that I made at university, probably the second second year in, and I felt so guilty taking money for it. I I, I genuinely did. I, I I thought, okay, I'll just cover the cost of the materials. So I thought I can't take money for this, which seems bizarre now. But then I, I, I get I asked for like fifty pounds for this painting, and it was kind of a big oil painting. It was kind of cool as well. I kind of liked it, but I just thought <laughs> I can't take money for that. Like. I, <laughs> Uh, and so yeah i remember that because um yeah that was probably the cheapest oil painting i've ever that I've sold <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I'm asking, learn. yeah i was telling john when i i met with uh this comedian chris delia i did a painting for him and nobody's ever asked me that question before but he was asking about my career and he was like do you remember the first painting you ever sold and i was like wow that's a cool thing to remember because i do i remember it was exact same feeling Somebody reached out. I never was intending to sell anything. And I did feel this guilt around like, what, what kind of, what should I ask for? It was like way undervalued. There was a sim yeah, similar yeah. thing, like a hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah. And it's such a, such a weird feeling to remember the first time somebody's like, I will give you money for this thing that you just poured out of your brain. It's, it's such a cool. Why thing. do you think that, why do you think that is that I'm just, no, I'm thinking about this as, we, as you're saying it, it's like, do you think it's because you enjoy it so much? It's like a guilt to like, uh, I enjoyed making this and like, it, it's difficult or you just don't value something when you're, when you're just making stuff because you want to make it, you're maybe not valuing it because you like, is it, 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 it seems, does it seem wrong to take somebody's money for something that gives gave you so much pleasure to do? It's like a win-win kind of. I mean, that's, that's kind of a, that's like a positive way of spinning it, which I'm sure that that is a thing. Like, that definitely could be a thing. It's like, I enjoy, I was doing this anyway. I was going to make that painting anyway. I didn't make it yeah, for yeah. you. You know, like that is one side of it. It's like, I love making this thing and I made it anyway. And now you want to give me money for it. And then I think the other side is probably like a self-worth thing. You know, it's like, 
yeah, uh, in, in, imposter syndrome too because like yeah it's, it's at it's so early in your career or not even a career you don't have a career at that point it's just you're making yeah. a thing and then somebody's reaching out to buy it and you're like wait i'm not a like i'm that's not yeah, yeah. who i am you know uh yeah yeah that's, yeah. that's strange yeah, I think, yeah, I didn't, I, now, now you're saying it, I'm remembering back and I don't think that I had them on the wall, like I didn't think that it, it wasn't in an exhibition uh, with prices on and stuff, it was an exhibition at the university and somebody, yeah, and then somebody said, oh, I really like that, I'd like to buy that and it was, yeah, that was kind of like, probably taken by surprise, you know, so it's not like, I had no even thought in my head about selling it, so it probably is that, yeah, it probably is a bit of imposter syndrome and like, yeah, it's weird. It's it's weird to think, but it's diff- difficult to get yourself into that mindset because now, obviously, you know you have to, you can't think like that. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble unless you've got a pile of money that you're sitting on and you don't. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird, isn't it? How how you you change the way you think about things so drastically, you know, in a relatively short space of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. I guess it kind of has to happen quick. I didn't go to art school, so I wonder for for you, did it feel like? like selling a math test like you just finished a math test and then somebody was asking to buy it <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> like who would want to buy my math test i already did the test you know yeah that's a kind of weird thing. that's a kind of weird thing about um like having a put in a, like an academic um having a qualification like a passing a test for something that's so subjective i always i still find that difficult to get my head around a little bit mm-hmm. Because it is so sub- subjective, obviously, what's good and what's bad. That it's like, how, how do you, how can you, how can you grade like that a, or decide like, it? Yeah. yeah, I find I still can't find it difficult to get my head around that a little bit. Because yeah. like, there's no, there's no uh, objective answer. You know, like you said, a math test, you either got it right or you've got it wrong. There's no in between, mm-hmm. is there? It's there's no room for there's no ambiguity or room for debate. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's right or wrong, but with art, it's not, is it? It's completely subjective to a degree. I mean, we, I guess we have like a certain collective kind of understanding. We're, we're, like most people might say something's good and like a couple might not. So there'd be a general consensus on something, but it would mm. never be, uh, there's no yeah, definitive right or wrong answer on it. So yeah, yeah I find it, it was a struggle with how you can mark someone down unless they're trying to replicate something like uh, i don't know uh, something and paint in an academic way because then you can say well okay that doesn't look anything like that bowl mm-hmm. of fruit it doesn't resemble it whatsoever so there's a certain amount of um yeah an easier but if you're if you're making something that's completely um uh from 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 you and um it's still and you, and you don't have a a definitive um, endpoint to what to what you were trying to achieve, and it's just what you know. If you were an abstract expressionist painter, and you and you just made some abstract, how do you how do you how do you mark that? Mm-hmm. How do you mark yeah. over that? So, yeah, it was a, a lot of it was. Um, they, I think the way they tried to do get around that is to have, you had to write about what you were doing, and you had to do essays and stuff. So I guess to a degree, you can you can. Uh, I guess there's a, a, an element of um, being able to mark that a little easier, but yeah, with the actual work, I always found, I've struggled with how how you can how you can uh, have a right or wrong answer. With that. Yeah, so. it's funny you say that because I feel like the more people I talk to who went to art school, it sounds like that's actually the biggest skill that you learn. So you just said you'll paint something, and then they'll make you write about it or talk about it. 
and I feel like because I didn't go, I was just making stuff in the beginning and I wasn't thinking into it as much as I should have been because this goes back to the story thing, you know, like having an understanding of what you're making so you could talk the story through or maybe get more focused. It sounds like that's a really important thing. I just wanted to note that. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, if I'm honest, I don't know if I really left with that skill, if I'm honest, I'm not sure that I, I did, but yeah, we did have to, we had to, um, yeah, I mean, it makes you think a little bit more about what, what you're doing. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Even if you don't think you left with that skill, at least it's, it's somewhere in your head, you know, it's somewhere yeah, in your yeah. head that, you know, this is a thing that like I should be doing or, or it helped you in some way, possibly. Uh, yeah, but that yeah. just sounds like a key thing that I feel like the more people who went to art school, that's like a big takeaway I'm finding. Yeah. 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 It was a, yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I really enjoyed it because it gave, gave me a, an opportunity to just concentrate on making a lot of the, you know, a lot of the time was just being in the studio and making work around other people. And it was, um, and, and getting to look at other artists that you wouldn't necessarily have thought about or be interested in, but even if it's not really, you know, directly related to the kind of work you're making, it gets you to think, you know, I mean, you can, it's really interesting that you can hear people that are in different creative fields, some of that information or their te- the way that they make work, that kind of transcends that that media, you know, like something like you can hear people's creative processes can, uh, you can move that from di- from different disciplines, you know, like the, you can still take something from that, from what they do. In your art school, did they teach you ever how to, the business side of art at all? Or was it no. just purely creative side? No, they didn't. There was a lot of, um, I was talking about this with someone the other day, actually, they were saying that that should be more of a, a thing in, um, in art schools about, cause that's probably one of them, or I heard it somewhere or maybe I can't remember, but it was definitely a conversation I heard or was in, uh, recently about that, about, um, you know, that's what pe- people really need that because otherwise mm-hmm. you know, it's all well and good. Like kind of what we were talking about earlier, but like if you, it's all well and good being able to create the work, but if you can't sustain it, you know, you can't make a living and you can't sustain yourself, you know, it's really, you know, it's not, it should be as, in, as important if you're going to pursue it as a career or everything. Learn, yeah, I yeah. agree. I, they never covered it in my art school that I went to either. It was just no. creative work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It should definitely be uh, more of an emphasis on that, I think. Definitely. Maybe there is now. Yeah, because I mean, if you can't eat and if you can't afford your materials, <laughs> what's the it, point? It, or a roof over your head to a space to yeah. work in? Yeah. You can't, you can't eat your paintings, no. Right. <laughs> they definitely should be teaching something like that, especially now with, with social media and with like these different platforms. It would be so cool if if schools were up to date and figuring out ways to teach like, yeah, just certain things you could do with Instagram or Patreon or any one of these platforms to, I don't know, put out workshops or put out something to, to create, to generate some passive income. Cause like financial safety is, is such a big thing for an artist, you know, like you want to be able, like you were saying before, if you're worried about stuff and if you're stressed about something, it's hard to get into that flow. So one way to to get into the flow is taking care of those things that you that you should take care of. And there are a certain amount of things that you can take care of. You know, there are certain tasks that you could do so it's not on your on your mind. But like financial stress, it's so hard to get out of that mindset and get into a creative mindset if it exists, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, def- definitely. I, although I, I, I completely agree with that. I think sometimes, sometimes like a little bit of desperation, not de- I don't want to say desperation, but like a little bit of struggle, you know, I yeah. think it can work. Like sometimes you need a little bit of Agree. struggle to, to motivate you. But yeah, if you're just worried, like really worried about, uh, yeah, there's a balance, I guess, to that. I guess you can become um, uh, too, too, you know, if, you, if you're... If you're, um, I think you need some kind of uh, some struggle. You know, you need some kind of um, motivation. Sometimes when I think, okay, things are not going well here, that motivates me to think, right, what am I doing? I need to do something different here. So, yeah, but I, yeah, I, I agree. You don't want to. You can't have. You, you not. It can it completely inhibit you if you're worried. You know, worried about not being able to pay bills and what, yeah, what have you. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I think some amount of struggle is 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 what we want or what a lot of artists seem to want, you know, yeah. we like feed off of that in some ways. Well, I think just yeah. to get better at just to get a bit better at things and to grow because you can become sort of um uh, if everything was just okay, you can just fizzle along a little bit and become mm-hmm. sort of stuck in your ways. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think maybe Putting yourself, maybe not just struggle from from life, but like putting yourself in like a di- bit of a difficult, or ch- changing something, or doing something a little different, just to just to shake things up and give yourself something to push back against a little bit, you know, just to make things interesting. I think. But I will say I'll push back a little bit because sometimes it's hard to experiment and do things outside of what you know will. Okay, so I'm talking in terms of like if you're already selling stuff. So if you have a certain thing that you're selling, if you, if every, if you're kind of living paycheck to paycheck, it's harder, it's it's now hard to experiment because that thing's not going to sell. So there is this, there, there's this weird like window of like, I'm, I'm doing well enough to do this as a full-time career, but I'm not doing well enough to just like do whatever and feel free. Cause like, I feel like there is a, maybe it's just at a certain time in your career. Uh, You've been doing it longer than I have. So you might have some insight. Maybe it's just at a certain time in your career, you feel stuck in this in this thing. I know I'm kind of in that right now where sometimes I feel like I can't experiment as much as I used to because now everything relies on like, oh, is this going to sell? Is this going to work? Is this something that is going to help pay my rent? You know? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I see what you mean. I guess it's if, if you're in a position where you're uh, what you're, yeah, if you've if you're making work and that's working and what you're doing is working and you're comfortable with that. I just said, uh, and it, yeah, it's going to be tempting to not want to uh, rock the boat. Right. You know, right. You're not, yeah. I guess that would come. Uh, yeah. I guess that's, um, yeah. It's a difficult if you're not uh, in that position to be able to do that. I guess that for me, like I just get, I, I just get bored if I don't do something a little bit, I have to do something different, change, even if it's just, okay, I've painted for a, a month or two months or whatever. And mm-hmm. I think, okay, I haven't drawn for a while or I haven't mm-hmm. printed or I haven't done, you know, just change it up. I'm not, I'm not completely reinventing the wheel, but, you know, just something to reinvigorate my enthusiasm because sometimes I can get a little bit, you know, when things start to become uh, predictable, or it becomes a little bit monotonous and I think I need something to keep me... Uh, enthusiastic and interested mm-hmm. and i think when i am when i feel like that that's when i i, I make work that i think is is better so yeah. yeah yeah um yeah i mean i appreciate you saying that and there's no like wrong or right answer to this we're kind no, of, of figuring yeah, out yeah. it figuring it out as we go like 
I think that's part of the point of this podcast is I'm being honest about how I feel in this moment. You know, like I don't want people to get the wrong impression. I feel like when, when other artists or collectors, I think they view us in a certain way, you know, like they might either think that you're making way more money than you are or way less or at different parts in your career. So I'm just trying to be honest. I'm like, I think a lot of people feel the way that I do or the way that we do. So I think it's cool to just be able to like talk this through yeah. and just show that like people have been in this situation or in this feeling or probably a lot of people currently are. So I think it's good to just talk about and like try to figure out some ways around these things, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any new exciting things coming up? Um, I've actually got a cup that painting that I talked to you about the, uh, Thought spiral is that we're at my, the university in the in the town where I'm from, Ipswich. They have an exhibition of 15 years of the their alumni, so a fine art alumni. So I have a couple of paintings going into that, which is cool. Wow! Uh, I just uh, started work with um, an agency in China, which is um, and they they sold one of my pieces uh, yesterday. So that's kind of exciting to, to nice. you know, I've never. Congratulations. Considered. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, 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 yeah. So that's kind of um, something. Um, yeah. It was a kind of a nice, nice surprise. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, you know, that, you know, so not, I don't know much about the Chinese art market, but these guys seem to, and that seems to be quite positive, positive uh, thing. They're talking about um, exhibitions and stuff. So that could be cool. That's yeah. amazing. Tell people yeah, yeah. your, your Instagram, where can they find you? Where can they see your work? Uh, Adam Rich's art is my Instagram, um, and adamrichesartist.com is my website. And uh, yeah, I think they're the two main ones. I have got a TikTok. I put some of my uh, videos, like process videos and stuff, on TikTok. And I think that's probably Adam Rich's art. I don't actually remember. I'll have a little quick look. Sorry. All right. Well, I want to leave this on a very genuine and honest note, actually. So when you were talking before about your start, and you said that artists that you respected were liking your work and that did a lot for you. Uh, you were that person for me. When I, jo I joined Instagram in probably 2015 or 16, and you liked a few of my pieces, and that did a lot for like the start of my career. So I just want to let you know that, that it, it actually oh, really? meant a oh. lot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, it's nice to hear that. No, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Well, on that note, this has been another episode of Ready Go. Thank you so much for being on. We really got a chance to get to know you a little better, and it was a really great chat. My, my pleasure. Thanks for uh, having me. It's nice to meet you both face-to-face. Uh, -face, so, yeah. 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 <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Thank you for watching. This has been another episode of Ready Go. Remember to comment below. We want to hear any questions you have for the next guests. You know, we're not professional journalists. I'm not Geraldo Rivera. Jana is in Stormfield. I think that's a weatherman. But yeah, we want to hear from you. So like the podcast, rate it, subscribe, follow us on Instagram at Ready Go Community. We also have a Patreon. Uh, you could sign up. It's like $3 a month. Stuff like that really helps because you're helping produce this podcast we're gonna do it for free anyway because we want to bring you these conversations but it really helps this stuff takes a lot of time and thought so any help helps and thank you bye bye <laughs>